Greetings, Wargamers. We're your hosts, Trevor, Jay, Josh, and this is Shane Attack. Attack. is sponsored by Discount Games Incorporated. Discount Games Incorporated specializes in customer service, low prices, and prompt shipping. You can find our web store at www.discountgamesinc.com. Welcome to Chain Attack. I'm your host, Trevor, and we have started watching Peripheral. I don't really think I know anything about that. It's based on a William Gibson novel. Um, it's being done. It's, I mean, they're all out now for the first season. Oh, is it on Amazon? On Amazon, yeah. Yeah. And are they short stories or is it like a... No, it's a series. It's a series. Hmm. Um, I'm Jay and and I play Heroes of Might and Magic 7 with Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm Josh, and I have started watching season three of Picard on the Paramount streaming app. So, uh, turns out I still like Star Trek. Odd. What's your <laughs> What's your excitement level? So, oh, I'm, I'm are assuming... we about to talk about Strange New Worlds? Let's, yes. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'm I'm quitting life for the for the <laughs> least day of that of that series. That that is my new, you know. Frankly, it's my new favorite captain, probably, but I might deny that if you if you told me that if you said I said that in public. Pike, <laughs> Pike, and Picard are neck and neck for me. Um, are, I'm assuming you're more excited for that than for the um the Giorgio movie. Oh, which is uh, Section Thirty One or whatever I think is what they're calling it. Uh, something like that, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I am. Yeah, I'm more excited for Shining World. I didn't. I didn't love Giorgio. As much as I'm probably supposed to. What I will say about Picard season three, the the villain they have cast is phenomenal, and <laughs> she's she's an actress. I guess she's technically the villain in one of my favorite movies of all time, which is So I Married an Axe Murderer. Uh-huh. But as a Star Trek villain, she is she hits all the right uh, points. It's it's really fun to watch her. What? I never watched season two. So my friend who I can going back, yeah, my friend who I consider my my guide and uh, Star Trek authority says absolutely pretend like it doesn't exist. Season two. Oh really? Yeah. So he had been he 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 hate watched it is how he described it of to which, me. Of which show? A Picard. Oh, um, you did you did not you like watch season? it? Yeah. I didn't watch it. No, I didn't end up watching it. Uh, mainly on his recommendation, not. To. Oh, you, well, you should watch it, Josh. Okay, all right. I might back up to it then. Yeah, I know. Yes, you should watch it. <laughs> I actually, I'm curious um, what you'll think of it, but I don't think you'll. And I think you'll you'll be glad that you watched it. Okay. So. Yeah, I still I'm not ready to resubscribe to Paramount Plus. So. We get it. Te- technically, I never did. I did it all on a free free trials. Sure. But you won't be able to game the free trial system anymore like my 10-year-old was trying to figure out how to do, will you? Nope, which is why I haven't gone back, nor do <laughs> I expect I will go back anytime soon. 
I can't even remember what free trial thing there was that we were driving past the other day, and he's like, well, what if I just subscribed to that for 13 days, Dad, and then canceled it, and then got back on the free trial again later? I'm like, oh, I like your attitude, kid, but here's some reality. Yeah. Yeah, welcome to life where those sort of things don't really work. <laughs> um, so I'm curious, I, this is actually, I guess, topical for the topic that we're going to be going over today. Uh, we're going to be talking about the D&D movie, um, but one of the things mentioned in the Discord, and this, I guess, relates to general geek stuff or news in the industry, but one of the announcements is that Critical Role is going to be coming out with their own role-playing system. Um, Trevor, you're the the person who is the biggest role-player out of all of us. What is, what's your opinion on this news? Um, hmm. So making a role-playing game is hard. Like, <laughs> I could say that because I've tried it multiple times, um, even successfully printed one. And I don't have faith that they're going to be able to do it really well um, on a first shot. They may do an okay job, but I don't see any realm where they do a better job than 5th edition D&D, which is the best version of D&D that's ever existed. I am probably the biggest Critical Role fan among the three of Mm. us. Okay, yeah. And I just don't understand what they will bring to the actual technical space of the the role-playing game. Yeah, that's... like that's they have my, that's source books well. that are critical role source books, don't they, Jay? Like you sell them in your fantastic uh, uh, retail establishment. Um, it so they are, you know, essentially setting books. Which there's tons of settings within D and D, but it's not like a its own rule set per se. Does that make sense, Josh? Yeah, that makes sense. So, I mean, I guess the, the, that just goes to my point of I'm like, oh, I just don't understand what they think they'll add, you know, and, and don't, and like I said, I like the heck out of those guys. I, I haven't really listened, uh, since early on in their third season of their podcast, but have I'm, did you ever watch the, I did watch the first season of the cartoon. I'm not sure I will watch the second season. Yeah, I haven't, it, it kind of got lost in the wave of stuff. I haven't watched this season two either. Um, we just sort of had everything else on our plate. I fully plan on watching the second season. Yeah, I almost feel like I would maybe need to rewatch the first season, and I'm not sure I'm dedicated enough to do that. <laughs> but in some ways, it's funny because ultimately, I mean, they're almost trying to like establish their own kingdom, right? Because you're you're basically trying to dethrone the king of. Oh, I mean, they don't. I don't think that. Well, I and mean, they 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 make plenty of money but there's more money to be made (laughs) (laughs) i mean i don't a life lesson for all of us truly (laughs) i don't know that um necessarily their ambition is that they're going to completely replace D&D. there's a lot of space between that and you know having your own successful imprint or whatever Uh, i guess that's fair okay you you don't have to replace. The truth is, is for the vast majority of role players, one, one system is not. They are not monogamous. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there there are certainly are a lot of role players who only play one system. D and D has a lot of people who only play D and D, but there is a ton of people who um, 
who still have disposable income left who may or may not be buying, you know, say $130 um, audio files or, uh, you know, newspaper made uh, handouts uh, for their game who are willing to buy another book. Sure. Yeah. You know what I mean? So personally, I don't have any attachment to them. I agree with Josh. I just don't see what they're going to technically bring that's going to make it a better game or a different game. Um, so I, I probably won't buy it, but I'm excited that they're doing it. I think it's cool. I think the thing that is most exciting for me with it is that I mean, I'll, I'll uh, get on my, once again, on my soapbox about D&D, I guess, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm mostly excited that uh that they might introduce um role players to something beyond D. &D. i think oh sure okay i think that there's there's a lot of people who their introduction into role playing is through critical role and they are mainly used to D &D and and don't realize that there is a, a whole wide world out there that they could explore and you know if if that's something that they uh, if if this helps people ex explore beyond D, D, then i think that's would be a positive development so yeah i mean the truth is, is um for most people well for a lot of people D is the only game that maybe they're they ever see because sometimes the stores they buy D, &D out of right. might be like a barnes and noble right and and critical role has a much higher percentage chance i think of getting their products into those types of places uh -huh. than than some of the others do. So yeah. Um. All right. Well, let's go ahead and start talking about uh, the the D and D movie. It's it's been a few weeks since I've watched it, and my confession is that when I got into the theater, I was more tired than <laughs> I thought I was when I came up with this plan to watch the movie, and so that will probably. Uh, color my review a little bit are you saying that you and i might compare notes on the section of the movie wherein we may have lost consciousness temporarily yes <laughs> what the heck i'm the one that's supposed to fall asleep in these things <laughs> not you two well uh, i mean i i wasn't even over optimistic like jay i was a fool and i was like this is basically the only time i'm gonna pull this off <laughs> i got so i gotta try I guess spoiler alerts. We were we are going to talk about uh, things going on in the movie. Uh, what was the uh, part where you fell asleep, Josh? Um, I think I basically slept through most of the Paladin. <laughs> so you didn't see the fat dragon? I, I, I woke up at at Chungus Dragon at some point. Yes, but like amazing. I, I like remember when they were going to like get the Paladin right, and they're uh -huh. talking to him or whatever. And did they talk? They 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 did the speak with dead before that, right? Yes. Okay. So yeah, speak with dead. They, they that's go, how they got directed to the paladin. The that's right. Because they after they talked to like four dead guys, and each one died and and spilled the helmet to somebody else or whatever, and eventually it ended up with the paladin, right? Okay. So yes. so I remember they go to pick up the paladin, and they see him save a cat person from inside the mouth of a fish. And then I don't really remember anything until, yeah, Chungus Dragon. Okay, so you, you missed about, I would guess, 10 to 15 minutes then. Okay, all right. So I I think I fell asleep 
like there was there was one basically i i did see the dragon and at one point i i just kind of like woke up and and they had gotten the MacGuffin that they had been questing for the the helm or whatever and it's like oh cool they they did it awesome <laughs> you guys are awful <laughs> You're not wrong. We're a cautionary tale, Trevor. Don't age. Oh, wait, you already did. Yeah, I like I said, I'm the one that's supposed to be falling asleep in me. I well, will say that the the paladin was actually one of my favorite characters. <laughs> uh, he was my least favorite, and I think he's the least favorite of a lot of people because yeah, he's probably. Yeah. very much a Mary Sue. Uh-oh. Is he OP, really? I, I guess yes. I, didn't, I didn't see enough of him. Steps in, has no flaws is better at fighting than the entire party does everything better than the entire party and then walks away into the dusk, you know, at a random point. Sure. I mean, he's a paladin. I understand. (laughs) Uh, He is absolutely my least favorite character. Uh, I'll have to think. Okay. So I, I, we we did kind of a, I guess, poor intro into this <laughs> but i mean we were talking about the sleeping thing now we can go back and actually go into the movie okay so uh good news uh, did did all three of us see the the really old D movie with uh that was the all Ryan brothers right with jeremy yeah, the, irons that jeremy irons absolutely yes. yeah i saw it. yeah so did i i, uh, I try to I, support my fandoms yeah when it hurts me and i i think that that was probably the first time that I'd ever seen Jeremy Irons as an actor. And I remember thinking after watching uh, the D and D movie that I love Jeremy Irons voice. And I thought that he was a good actor and that the movie was awful, <laughs> but good news. Yeah. Both those things can be true. Yeah. That, that, that I think, I think that was a fair uh, analysis of the movie. Uh, good news. The, the new D and D movie is not awful. <laughs> well compared to that old one yeah <laughs> uh, uh, i have Trevor, my initial reaction which is that it felt competent of the old one no no th- this, no, this one. is the, like, the new one that, you think. That, that's oh. my reaction to this one competent okay, okay. um what trevor what, what are your thoughts on the movie you're, you're the one who managed to stay awake the whole time <laughs> <laughs> so i I have a large number of nerdy friends on social media. So I kind of had, a, and we, but most of my nerdy friends on social media hit it before I was able to. And, and I saw it like day three or something. Um, so I kind of knew what to expect also in a bunch of D and D groups, like in on Facebook and stuff. So I was seeing lots of chatter about it. Um, and so I had actually pretty high expectations because of the chatter, because okay. there's so many people who really loved it. So I was let down a little bit because my expectations were were so high, but not much. It actually lived up to most of them. It was funny because we went and actually saw it with our D&D group. So my D&D group got together, the group that plays on Sunday nights. We kind of met. Please please tell me that you guys LARPed for this. (laughs) (laughs) No, we're pretty old school D&Ders. The LARPing thing sort of came after we started for the most part. Yeah, you still look down your nose at, at LARPers. Oh, yeah, we definitely look down our nose at LARPers. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, we so we went, and my friend, who um, I've known for, uh, gosh, I think we met in 91, so a long time, um, 
he came out and his first comment after the movie was it was a lot funnier than I expected it to be. And my comment back to him was, I said, why? When's the last time you had a dead serious D&D campaign? And he said, fair point. And I think that the original D&D movie really missed the point of D&D in that, you know, it, try, it took the whole fantasy genre way too seriously and D&D far too seriously. And this movie didn't do those, didn't make those same mistakes. It was funny and it was funny in the way that related to D&D humor, like the sort of jokes you make at the table. So I, I thought it really hit the mark. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, I would say the. I had kind of a similar experience as you, Trevor, mm-hmm. in that. So I'm I'm in the Disneyland Discord group, and one of their uh, really active subcategories is a TV and movies channel, and a lot of the people went to watch this movie, and like they just gave like these super glowing reviews of it, and so I went into it with fairly high expectations and um, and I guess the, the movie that I watched didn't necessarily, in my opinion, paint the picture that <laughs> my fellow discord u- users had had painted for me. But um, I guess, I don't know, I guess that's the danger of expectations talk- of talking to people. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> it's a trap. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Yeah, so I it's funny because I went in with basically no expectations. Like okay. honestly, uh, my only expectation is I hope this isn't as bad as that old one, right? <laughs> and uh, it wasn't, but it also like it, it it I didn't find it that funny. There were funny parts. I did think that several of the plots or the the attempts, you know, like the heist attempt, like really did give a good feeling of like the D&D party just put together this completely wild plan and you know and that plan went completely out the window and right and so then, then they went to you know four plans deep and and the way the plan finally came together is like hilarious and chaotic and uh so I did feel like it captured that um element of D&D quite well frankly it but, was it was kind of funny the uh so I'm assuming at the start of your guys's um, showing, uh, maybe not yours, Josh, I don't know. Um, they had like the cast of the movie talking to you. and they're Oh, like, yeah, we had that where they're like, thanks for watching movies the way they're supposed to be watched. Yeah, you guys are the, the real heroes. And, uh, uh. <laughs> and, and Hugh Grant in that clip, it basically looks like... Uh, it is like it, he's he's a hostage, and this is his hostage video. <laughs> <laughs> that is a really good description of his expression at that time. I agree. <laughs> um, and so I, I I guess maybe it would be good for us to talk a little bit about what are the things that we we liked, and then maybe things that we maybe didn't like as much. Um, I, I just mentioned Hugh Grant. I did. Uh like him and his character quite a bit in in the movie um it was you know a little bit over the top but i i thought that was appropriate um so he was he was just someone who i enjoyed quite a bit in the in the show i'll also say that um i i i thought that one of the best parts of the movie is that 
you just kind of got the sense that Chris Pine was having a good time and that he's and that hopefully you're you're having a good time along with him. And so yeah. I, I thought that was another thing that was successful. Yeah, I think that if you are a Chris Pine fan or you enjoy Chris Pine, that yeah, it, it's definitely a go. Um, if he kind of grates on your nerves, then it's not. And I I do enjoy Chris Pine, especially when he's on point, which he is in this movie. Um, so yeah, that was that was really good for me. Um, so a couple of things that were high points for me, um, seeing the D and D cartoon characters. Um, I yes. thought was yeah, great. that was probably my favorites. Uh, I am debating though if they disrespected them a little bit, but ah. um, I w- the only part that sort of bugged me about their thing was um, the scene where they come in. They're in the the um, maze, and the D and D cartoon characters have beat them to the final location, and they're standing in the cage at the end. Um, and the, this group, the, the main cast of characters in this movie, recognize that as a trap. Um, and they're standing there, and the characters from the D&D cartoon just stand there. They never say anything. And it felt really awkward and weird that, that there's these two groups of D&D characters standing less than 10 feet from each other. And the one group is talking back and forth about how that's a mistake. It's not the right location. We shouldn't go in there. And the other group is just standing there staring back. And that was one of my least favorite parts of the movie, because I'm like, that's really weird. Why would anyone just stand there and not say anything in that sort of situation? So anyway, that was odd. But um, I did really like the fat dragon. Um, I did really like the barbarian uh, halfling romance. I need some more of that. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, the the cameo of the movie was, was pretty funny. Wait, the cameo? What's the cameo? The, the I'm I'm spacing on the actor's name, but the oh the but the actor that was a halfling yeah. was some was a cameo. Okay, I, I must not have under, recognized the actor or paid very good attention to it. I guess it's Bradley Cooper. Yeah, Bradley Cooper. Rocket okay. Raccoon. Oh really? Okay, that's funny. Uh, okay, favorite parts for me. Uh, the Druid was my favorite character of the party. Um. Even though I'm sure that like actual D&D uh, aficionados will tell me that everything was wrong with her wild shaping or something. I, I, just... I believe the latest story is that um, WotC released rules that allow you to shape change into all the things she did. Into an owlbear and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, I have not looked that up to verify. I want that, that is, to be true. I love that. That is the rumor true. that I've heard, yes. But I did like her and the and the romance with the the sor- little sorcerer Simon. Um, I did like the barbarian quite a bit. Yeah. I liked the heist parts of the movie, right? Like, um, you know, the getting the portaled portrait inside the wagon, and I, I thought all of that was really well done and, and fun. And um, I liked the Chungus dragon, but I only liked the Chungus dragon when my daughter pointed out to me afterwards that that was the the fat middle-aged version of the dragon who had appeared in the flashbacks when they were doing speak with dead can you confirm if that is true or not oh i would have to look it up i don't know you remember that when they were flashing yeah. back yeah, to that yeah, yeah, battle yeah. and the dragon flew by and was breathing i mean the dragon the dragon the dragon in the first scene was not a red dragon so i would say no and the chungus dragon was a red dragon. a red dragon yes okay. but i would that- have to go Go verify. That, that may diminish my opinion of the of the Chungus dragon. He is not. If it's not a callback, you know what I mean. Um, what about his name? 
I don't remember what his name was. It's Thimberchod. Is that should that mean something to me? It just it it. I mean, the way you read, if you saw it, like if you could read it rather than me me pronouncing it out loud, you would be like, oh yeah, that guy's fat. <laughs> <laughs> um. I did like, okay, things I didn't like, but it's interesting because I did like at the end the way kind of the emotional plot paid off where like they had to make this decision between, you know, save Olga or go back and save his his wife. And, and my daughter even made a point. She's like, he's not trying to save that that girl's mother. He's trying to save his wife. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's a little philosophically deep for me. I'm like uh, – <laughs> So, you know, I thought that was kind of a, a cool payoff, but I felt like the plot point of, you know, Uncle Forge convinced the daughter that her dad was a, a jerk. <sighs> I feel bad saying this, but like that felt forced to me. Like, yeah, I, I just feel like the way that he had set it up, you know, when he was telling the backstory, when he was asking for his pardon or whatever, um, that daughter had adventured with them enough and had enough of a connection to his to Olga and to um, Chris Pine's character, what's his name, Ed or whatever, Ed that or Ed, yeah, I, yeah Edgin. I, I just didn't, I just didn't buy that particular plot point. So, so let me let me ask you something here. Um, you, it never occurred to you that maybe he elab- he might have fibbed a little bit during his backstory. How dare you suggest that a just wondering a bard would elaborate hyperbole. I, I yeah, you're right. That, I mean, that's a fair point. It didn't occur to me as I watched the movie. I was just like, man, this this noble guy really got that deep into that daughter's head and that, you know, I mean, two years isn't that much of a space of time. Maybe I'm just sensitive to it because I abandoned my children for three months. And, you know, <laughs> I, that that scene where he explains their backstory to the groom, they're waiting for Erica. Um, that was my wife. It is a good setup. It is funny. And how he keeps being like, if only Counselor Justinern were here, right? Like, yeah, yeah the, that the was best, good. The best part of that is where he like tackles the Aarakocra out the window, and they say, "But we we approved your pardon." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that was like that is this that is the essence of D and D. Yeah, <laughs> mistakes were made. That was not the right choice, but now you've made it live with it. Yeah. So. Josh, you you mentioned uh, the highest parts of this movie, and I did. I'm I'm curious of your guys's reaction to something. I, I listened to the the movie podcast. I listened to they they did a podcast about this movie, and so I listened to it. And they are both painfully muggles and <laughs> don't uh, like this whole D and D thing. Like them trying to explain what D&D was, was uh, almost physically uncomfortable. Oh, geez, really? <laughs> yeah. But um, they they both enjoyed the movie. And, and I guess I would probably say that they, they gave kind of a rating similar to yours, as yours Josh, where they felt like it was a, a pretty competent movie. But they said one of the comparisons they made was that um, – they felt like the heist things and, and some of the, the parts that they thought worked the best for them um, were the heist and that it, it kind of felt like less like a D&D movie and more like an Ocean's Eleven. I was I had that exact same thought, but only at that point in the movie. Right. Like the whole 
setting up the backstory and from Paladin to Chungus Dragon. I mean, that didn't that did not feel like Ocean's Eleven. I, I felt like I watched two and maybe three different movies in the two hour, 10 minute setting. Yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah. It, the, I, the whole reason why they felt like it was successful was because uh, they felt like it made use of a lot of popular movie tropes, which I guess would make sense for a D and D campaign as well, because a lot of them uh, rely on uh, familiar story tropes as well. Um, so what are what are some things that you guys felt weren't as successful? I mean, I guess I, I must have felt like the pacing was off. And, you know, would I fall asleep again if I was watching this as a matinee? Maybe not. <laughs> but, like, let's let's face it. I watched the movie from the OG back, you know, from the backstory and breaking out of prison and then sort of picked up at the heists. And, and frankly, it felt okay, it felt okay with 15 minutes missing out of it. <laughs> so like, I guess I maybe felt like the pacing was a teeny bit off. Okay. Um, I also am like, I love the barbarian and I was, I did have a teeny, teeny hard time with my suspension of disbelief at the amount of armored dudes that she just freaking destroyed. <laughs> have you not ever played D and D? I mean, compared to my co-hosts, no. For all intents and purposes, no. What have I got? Like tell, three tell one me, shots under my belt. T- tell me you've had a sixth level, you know, fighter go against, you know, seven first level, you know, uh, guards in a city. Oh, okay, that's fair. I didn't think of the guards as mooks. I thought of them as Skyrim guards, which will kill you <laughs> instantly, right? Um, but no, yeah. I've never had a fighter, Trevor. I don't play fighters. Okay, well, she was a barbarian, not a fighter. Ro- rogue or die, baby. <laughs> okay, let's say you're a six-level rogue. You're going to smash six, you know, first-level yeah, human. you're going to do it with sneak attacks in their kidneys between the cracks in the armor. You're not going to keep slamming into their armor. And I'm like, anyway, it didn't fully break my suspension of disbelief, but it was on the border. The only reason it didn't break my suspension of disbelief is I liked the character a lot. I liked, yeah. like, the actors did a good job. Like, yeah. their costuming was good. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, so... <laughs> The scene where she's like, well, she did turn into a deer, right? That <laughs> I thought that part was awesome, too. So uh, as far as what else didn't work. Uh... So I have to I have to give out my um, like this is really the nerdiest and dumbest complaint. But, you know, it it did bother me probably more than I should let it bother me. But, you know, we watched we watched this movie with these people and. You know, the the majority of them, you know, if I were to make a guess, I would say are somewhere around like level four to level six characters. The druids, maybe a little bit higher than that. And like, I just have ingrained in my mind from playing so much D&D that, you know, then they, they go on, they fight the big villain who is this wizard who is high enough level that they're able to cast time stop. Yeah, ninth level spell, minimum level 17. Yes. And they defeat her, of course. Um, With and the power of friendship. We have the power <laughs> of friendship. And the, the magic and was inside of us all along. A, yes. a wacky plan from the the bard. Who, I, I mean, I did appreciate that, you know, the 
the bard is functionally useless in the movie as well as <laughs> the game. <laughs> but I mean, to to make this long story short, like there's just no way that this group of characters would defeat this villain. Yeah, not in the game. Yeah, I and mean, that's that's it. That's <laughs> which that's again, the, that's the whole complaint. I love it. You're right. Again, is the nerdiest, dumbest. Jay. Uh, I mean, I think what you're forgetting is that they are basically invoking the Fast and the Furious Dom principle with how they beat the Wizard. <laughs> Family. <laughs> yeah, evidently. <laughs> uh, so there were two points in the movie that I um, don't particularly like, and one of them is a is a quibble that um, is not even worth mentioning but i will anyway because i'm a nerd <laughs> this is my actual actually moment yes yes um so the one that bothered me that was similar to jay's was seeing them walk in a neverwinter and having it be the size of Waterdeep. like neverwinter in the campaign sure, yeah. world is is a small like an outpost-ish work. sort of out, outpost yeah it's, it, i mean it's a little bigger than an outpost yeah. but it's not it's not it is certainly not the metropolis that they show you in the movie and um that actually did bother me quite a bit like i don't know why they chose neverwinter as the city they were going to when they could have chosen Waterdeep, which is literally like down the coast only you mm-hmm. know 150 yeah, miles yeah. or whatever away they could have chose Waterdeep, walked into that city and i would have been like oh yeah that's cool that's Waterdeep." and that's not what they did that that sort of irritated me a little bit Oh, I love this quibble so much. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other one is more of a movie making faux pas or, or maybe a script writing faux pas. I really, and maybe they did it on purpose and I'm, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt and say they did it on purpose. I feel like the NPC of the Paladin is the GM's Mary Sue character. Here's my, you know, here's my can do everything NPC that happens all the time in D and D and I understand it. And I'm hoping they did that on purpose, but from, <laughs> but from a script writing perspective, it was super lazy. We need this MacGuffin. We need this super guy to go help us find it. He doesn't make any mistakes. He has no flaws. He can get us there. We get it. And then the MacGuffin doesn't even matter in the end. Like I like the reason they you the, the, Wait, it sort of mattered, didn't it? Not really. No. I mean, it got him into the empty vault. Okay. The truth okay, is, in the end, wasn't the power of the MacGuffin to teach the sorcerer the power of friendship? So. <laughs> I'm saying that they should have. It was it was lazy what they did to teach him the power of friendship that was inside of him all along. Yeah, I, mean, I I wish they would have just said, okay, let's not do this. Let's just, you know, he's trying. He's got to cast this. Like they could have done all the same thing, but it's a spell that he's got to cast. It's a higher level, but he can't do it. He's got to practice, practice, practice. Because really, all he's got to really do is dispel magic. Yeah, really what Trevor wanted uh, was a training montage and not a uh, paladin with a high charisma score that's easy on the eyes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would have been better with it had the pal- had it not been a paladin, had it been like an old, like, gruffled fighter. It could be the same actor. If it had been the it, 80s cartoon uh, dungeon master, right? No, I would have wanted, wanted it to be the 80s cavalier i wanted him to have a a flaw a character flaw i mean isn't his character flaw that he has no (laughs) (laughs) it's like flaw inception for me that whole that whole section of them going after this random so the part i slept through is the part that you're bothered by then 
I feel like the rest so of the movie my body saved me would have <laughs> flowed a lot better. The pacing would have been a lot better had that section not been in there at all or okay. rewritten better. Oh, yeah, because I think did I also sleep through whenever they got the portal gun. I mean, staff. Yes, nah. did. Okay. that's okay. that's right before they get to the, the dragon to Chungus. Yes. All right. All right. Let's let's do a speed round. Great. OK. All right. Design. Uh, I give it a six. I want to give it a five, but I will say I thought they did good job on the costuming. I thought they did a good job of like there was a variety of monsters and creatures, and I was only slightly bored that they rode horses, you know. Wait, but what did other, you want them to ride? I don't know. Something weird. It's D&D, you ride, you ride horses. The, uh, the okay. thing that's, that's strange to me about this movie and the design of it is there's some parts where I'm like, well, that's really cool. They did a really good job. And then there's some parts where I was like, oh, this doesn't look very good at all. <laughs> there were some parts where you were like, oh, they clearly homebrewed this section of the campaign. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's that's my six, though. Where are you at, gentlemen? Uh, I'll, I'll go with the six. You Trevor. Guys, no. <laughs> they did a really good job of interspersing all this stuff and making it feel part of the movie. I'm going to give it an eight. I mean, the thing is, if you go back, if you go back to the old D and D movie with which is more like a two or a three, they would force in these D and D references. And it was so. Yeah. 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 Awful. It was ham handed as all get out. Right. Yeah. Time management, a five, a five for competency for me. I mean, you didn't describe a five when you described how it was. No, I mean, I'm, I'm going to think it should be lower because the pace would go with like a four. Okay. All right. I, I think it's pretty average for a modern movie. I think it's probably a five, but yeah. I, I think it's better than probably you did um, for time from, management. What you des- from what you described. Yeah. Right. But, yeah. Right. I mean, you, you literally said this movie would be better with 15 minutes cut out of it. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I could, you've convinced I could, me. I'll go down to a four. I like it. I, I could say that about most Hollywood. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, repeatability. Now, this is a completely unfair rating. Of course, we know repeatability is generally low for me anyways. I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give it a four, but I just have to say, like, I wa- walked out of that theater and I compared it to walking out of a theater about a year ago watching Dune. And the feeling that I and my 15-year-old had walking out of each of those movies was so different. Like, Dune, it was like, should we go back and get another ticket right now and watch it? And D&D Honor Among Thieves, it was like, well, that was a movie. Right. And so I like it would be weird for me to go back and watch it again, which is why maybe a four is maybe that's too nice. I'm giving it a three. What do you got, Jay? I'm actually fairly high on wanting to rewatch it, um, probably a six or seven, partially because I'm curious to watch it at home. I'm curious to watch it when I'm not tired. And I'm curious to watch it with Brian, who is a fairly big Chris Pine fan. And oh, so, interesting. OK, those those are all things that make me want to rewatch it and and i will i will say i feel like you could rewatch it for more there's probably more easter eggs that i would have seen and enjoyed on rewatch but again my feeling coming out of the movie was not to want to go watch it again so trevor huh you guys well josh you disappoint me (laughs) fair enough i this is a movie i'll rewatch lots of times it'll be one of those that we'll we'll pull out and rewatch every couple years easily there's so many references um, funny things, quotes. It's going to become more of a cult classic, I think. Which I will just mention that that so far, I think the studios were considered a flop. Like it, it hasn't made enough money to really cover the amount of 
expense that it cost the studio to do. Mm, that's too bad. I mean, that's part of why I went and saw it in the theaters. I was trying, I was trying to vote with my dollar because I did feel like it was competent enough that like, Hey, if this same studio is doing a D and D movie and it's, you know, uh, corruption among paladins is the next chapter. Like I, I, w- I would go watch the next one for sure. Yeah. I, I hope that it continues to do well and especially does well once it goes to um, video. Uh, Cause Right now, I think the what I read was it its budget was 150 million and it's made 160 so far, which is generally considered a, a pretty a big flop. Yeah, I mean it's probably getting destroyed by the Mario movie right now. But give us your repeatability score, Trevor. Um, eight, probably okay. higher, a little higher than my average of seven. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, fun. So I will give it a slightly higher fun score, which is a six. <laughs> why you're so harsh i think I'll, i shouldn't watch any movies at 10 o'clock anymore. Yeah. I'll, I'll go with the seven okay trevor uh this is a nine it's not <laughs> it's not even it's not monty python and the holy grail it's not a 10 <laughs> but it is worth watching all right like, it is a lot of fun that's if you can forget all the other little niggling things that you might find throughout it and just enjoy it it it's it's a blast. Go with almost no expectations and it will be more fun even, right? Yeah, I mean if you're expecting a, you know, a award-winning film, this isn't it. If you're expecting to shut your brain off for a while and enjoy a fun movie, summer blockbuster maybe, this is it. And overall, I'm going to my score here comes from my continued feeling that this movie was competent. So I feel like that is a five, and that is what I will say for overall. And I'll probably go with a six. Um, I'll also say for my no or go or no go that um, I probably would have enjoyed the movie more in my bed than in the theater. <laughs> <laughs> and Trevor. Gosh, I thought I was going to be harsher on this movie, and uh, now I'm finding myself creeping my numbers up just to defend it. Just like the actors told you, Trevor, you are the real hero. Um, I'm going to call it a six. I mean, it's, it's a pretty average movie. It's not that great, but I think that it calls to us and our audience. Like if you're listening to this podcast, you should probably go see this show if you haven't already. I agree with that assessment. And I, I will move us to the, our audience category to say this thing is rated PG 13, but I actually feel like I would be pretty comfortable taking most of my family members to watch it. So Am I desensitized? Were the PG-13 mm, things mostly this, violence and some scary elements? Yeah, I I don't know. How, I you know without pulling up the rating exactly what they call classified it as, but you're right. Like especially compared to when we were kids, even after the PG-13 rating was implemented in the late '80s, this would have got a PG rating all day long. I agree. I think you're right. And as a matter of fact, they didn't even do the horny bard trope, which is partly what keeps it pg like the the romance in the movie is like one of the more innocent romances i think i've watched you know in a long time yeah it's definitely wild shaper and a a sorcerer yeah fantasy violence i think is what they would probably label it as because there's really no blood per se it's yeah it's a little bit of horror elements from the red wizard yeah but there's like an implied you know the guy got cut in half and then you there yeah that's true you know, there is that, that kind of stuff, but like, yeah. 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 But like I said, that would be from our childhood. That would have been PG all day. 
Oh, yeah, 100%. The Goonies has got nothing on this. So. <laughs> anyway, go or no go, still a go for me. I'm yeah. glad I yeah. went. I won't refuse an invitation to go again. I just probably actively. I love how you compared it to Dune, yet you probably never went back and rewatched Dune either. That is not actually true. Oh, you did? But I can't remember why. Yeah, I did see Dune twice in the theater, which is high praise for my notes. Was that because you watched it with us and then you had to watch it with your family? I think that's why. (laughs) I was going to say, under normal circumstances, that would have never happened. Yeah, my daughter, we were watching the trailers last night where they sh- they throw up the Regal subscription promo, and she's like, why don't we do that? And I looked at her like, <laughs> have you met us for real? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, well, let us know what you guys think of the D&D movie and all the ways that Josh is wrong. 